Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I'm your host, Bob Lung, and welcome to the Asylum Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, For those of you calling in or listening in for the first time, uh, thanks so much for being here. Um, You have many options if you want to call in tonight and ask questions to myself. Uh, We're having a very special guest come on around 7.15, and that is Ryan Fowler from Fox Sports. Met him at the uh, Fantasy League of Experts, the Flex Draft in New Jersey a few weeks ago. And so uh, I asked Ryan if he could come on the show at some point, and I'm honored that he's going to uh, join us a little bit later. Uh, probably on from about 7.15 to 8 o'clock. So if you got questions for Ryan or myself about week one, um, what happened, or week, week two coming up, matchups, uh, you can give us a call. The call-in number is 646 478 Four six seven nine. Once again, six four six four seven eight four six seven nine. So if you have trouble getting in, uh, hit me up here on the chat room. Last week we had some trouble with some with callers who wanted to get in. So uh, you can come to the chat room uh, at the link. Uh, you can find that link on my Twitter account at Bob underscore Lung, or you can. Uh, uh, find it on Facebook as well, on uh, Fantasy Football Consistency Facebook page. Uh, if you haven't liked that, please do that as well. Um, so anyway, so week one is in the books. I uh, hope it was a good week for you. It's a pretty good week for me. Um, uh, most of my guys did pretty well, but injuries happened. And uh, we'll talk a little bit with Ryan about those. Uh, Des Bryant, Andre Ellington, uh, C.J. Anderson is iffy tonight. Um so we got some issues going on there. Um, so those are some big hits to some people, I'm sure. Um, especially for me, Andre Ellington, as you guys know, I uh, was a big fan of heading into the season. Um, everybody talked about his injury prone. Um, he's kind of becoming the new Fred Jackson. Uh, um, or I'm not Fred Jackson. Uh, the new, uh, um, oh, shoot. Um, Fred, the guy that played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I kind of went brain dead for a minute. Uh, but anyway, uh, um yeah, Fred Martin? No, that's not it. Anyway, we'll come back to it. But, uh, you know, it's kind of just uh, feeling like, you know, he just can't do anything without getting hurt, whether it's Ryan Matthews, uh, whoever you want to insert there. Um, but he's only out a couple weeks. Hopefully be back two to three. Um, kept him on my bench, as you should. I think he'll uh, fit right back in. He earned a quality game this week, uh, even though he did get injured at the end of the game um, and still uh, end of the, end of the uh, week as the uh, 20th ranked um, fantasy player in a PPR league. So nothing to be ashamed of. Had a good week, uh, but just, you know, injury did him in a little bit. So hopefully he recovers from that and uh, can be healthy the rest of the year and be very productive. Maybe a good trade bait uh, here after he kind of falls out of sight. But again, kind of remind, I went kind of lost track as usual. Um, Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, thanking, I want to thank Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs for having me on. Uh, every week. Um, honored to be a part of this great network. If you're listening again for the first time, there's somebody here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network every night. We have uh, Sports Rant uh, Rants with Chris Heal on Monday nights. And uh, Chris, if you're out there listening, kind of hit me up. Let's see if we can get you on next on the show next week. Um, Tuesday night, Asylum Fantasy Sports Show with Flieger and Briggs. Uh, Wednesday night for you fantasy baseball guys, Pine Tart Talk with Ben Samuels, Mike Valverde. Thursday night, FF Consistency Show with me. That's me. Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Friday night, Racing Times with Alan and Robin. Saturday night, the Dynasty Dudes with Russell Clay and Nathan Powell. 
Sunday night, the mad scientist, Nick Ficarelli, uh, is here for you to listen to as well. And so, uh, once again, tonight we're going to be uh, talking with Ryan Fowler of Fox Sports. If you want to call in and ask a question, it is 1-646-478-4679. And we'll probably take you right up to game time about 830, uh, depending on how we get. Uh, and hopefully, might have another guest a little bit later uh, on as well. But week one's in the books. So how did everybody do? Again, hopefully you did well. Um, interesting. I can just quickly kind of go through um, the quality games um, and uh, kind of get all this out of the way before Ryan gets on. And then we can kind of talk more about either matchups or, or take your calls or your uh, questions on the chat room. But this past week, so in a normal uh, four-point per passing touchdown, uh, 20 yards uh, passing as well. Um, we had 13 quarterbacks earn a quality game, basically scoring more than 19 points. Um, that's a proud average. That's where, again, you know, for those of you who have followed the system for a number of years, you know that basically that the uh, the factor is supposed to um, set to get about 12 quarterbacks every week on average, 24 running backs, 36 uh, wide receivers, and 12 tight ends. Basically a starting lineup in 12-team league. Um, you want your guys to earn starter points, uh, earn that quality game every week to be consistent. As I mentioned, 13 quarterbacks. Not a surprise. Tom Brady with his four touchdowns on Thursday night last week led the uh, quarterbacks this past week. What may be a surprise is that Carson Palmer ended up second with 28.75. Tony Romo third. Marcus Mariota may be the, one of the best rookie uh, debuts uh, in the history of the NFL. I don't know. I don't have the data, but I'm pretty sure it was a pretty big one. Uh, he ended up fourth for the week. Phillip Rivers is in here. Nick Foles is in here, surprising enough. Uh, Sam Bradford is not. So, see if they made a good move there. Alex Smith, big surprise there. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, all in. Not a surprise. Um, ben Roethlisberger got in this week, barely, 20 and a half points. Uh, Andrew Luck squeaked by this week um, by uh, getting in, and uh, he uh, just made um, the cutoff. He had 20.15 points, so it's a little bit over point over the quality factor, but earn a quality game. So there's your quality game earners at quarterback for the week. Um, I see Dazed and Confused is out there in the chat room. Thanks for uh, coming in, and we also have a guest. Guys, thanks for coming. If you have any questions, type them in there, and we can talk. Uh, we can certainly answer your questions, but some surprise of quarterbacks who didn't earn a quality game this week. As I mentioned, Sam Bradford, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannenhill, uh, Cam Newton, um, Colin Kaepernick. I guess not a surprise. Um, but uh, the probably the biggest surprise that number as a ranked 32nd overall this past week was Peyton Manning. Um, I watched most of that game, and everybody's kind of blaming Peyton. I'm going to blame the offensive line um, and not blame, but give credit to the Ravens. They were all in his face. His line could not hold up. He had very little time to throw. When he did, again, he was rushed. Um, so, you know, sometimes guys weren't running the right routes. Um, so don't put all that blame on Peyton Manning. I'm really expecting a Peyton Manning rebound this week. Uh, I think he'll be back in the quality game world this week. So I'm not too concerned about that. So that's quality games, uh, consistent uh, starting off for the uh, um, quarterbacks. 
So running backs this past week, big week for the running backs. 32 running backs are in a quality game this week. Now, like I said, the quality game factor is set up in a PPR format that they should score a little bit over uh, around 10 points or more. Um, 32 scored. Now, like I said, it's set to get about 24 guys in. Um, but this week, running backs were big. Um, and you'll see a little bit later that um, it went the opposite way. Uh, not opposite way, but wide receivers were not as big and tight ends were huge. Uh, but anyway, running backs, uh, PPR format, 32 made it. Um, leading the, the charge this week was Carlos Hyde. Um, you know, my thought all year was that Carlos Hyde – um, wasn't a consistent back last year. I mean, granted, he was behind Frank Gore. Even when he did have some starts, um, he was fairly inconsistent. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Monday night, last Monday night, was as much about Carlos Hyde or as much about the Vikings' bad defense. Um, obviously, they couldn't stop him. Um, he started from the first run and just ran all night all over him. Um, so that was interesting. So we'll see how it goes this week. Uh, this week, San Fran is going against – they're going at Pittsburgh. Um, we know that Pittsburgh's defense was awful against the Patriots, but it was more their pass defense than their run defense. Um, could be the fact that it was Tom Brady and company. We'll have to see um, how it works out for the 49ers this week. Um, but Carlos I, top of the list. Uh, Matt Forte was, uh, was there. He's normally always there. One of my favorites, one of the most consistent backs in the NFL, especially the PPR. Chris Ivory. Um, not as a little bit of a surprise being that high ranked fourth. Um, we'll see if he continues that consistency. Bishop Sankey may have been the biggest surprise of the week. Fifth overall, 22 points. Danny Woodhead, you know, guys, one of my favorites all preseason. I have him on every team. I started him in every league. Um, that's why I did very well this week. I had a league where I had Peyton Manning with only five points, but I had Danny Woodhead and Ellington and, those two guys got me got me a victory along with my uh, my great receivers. Uh, Jamal Charles there, uh, Mark Ingram, Darren Sproles, another one of my favorites. Again, had Sproles as my flex player, and I think he's a – I mean, if you watch that game at all, he is very involved in that offense without question. Now, the, granted, they were playing behind, and the running game wasn't working as well um, except at the goal line. Um, DeMarco Murray didn't squeak a few in there. Uh, Amir Abdullah looked great. Uh, Jeremy Hill, again, I think he'll be, continue to be consistent, uh, as will uh, Giovanni Bernard, who is ranked 19th and also earned a quality game. So, again, you guys remember if I talked about all summer long was, um, you know, as much as Jeremy Hill is a good pick, um, I just didn't have a, any reason to pick him in the first second round as my number one running back when I could get just, just as consistent player and Giovanni Bernard in the eighth and ninth round. Um, last week, Hill, again, was ranked 10th overall, 18.3 points. That's great, and that's, fantastic. And that's a great week, and it, it surely earned him being that running back that you may have picked early. However, Giovanni Bernard had 14.8 points, so almost 15. Uh, so he's only basically about three and a half points behind him, and again, you know, I drafted him in the eighth, ninth round in most leagues, much later than Hill. And he, I think he'll continue to be consistent. If you have a chance to go get him uh, before he figures it out, it'd be a week to do it. Um, other top running backs this week, um, I said DeMarco Murray. You know, it was all about those two touchdowns for DeMarco Murray. Overall, he didn't look that great. The running game didn't look that great. Um, 
but you know it is what it is. Eddie Lacy was there. Marcel Reese, uh, a surprise Raiders to be there. Benny Cunningham, a surprise for the Rams. Uh, Deion Lewis, I think everybody's really high on him. Looked really good in that game. I think the uh, Patriots are going to use him kind of like as a Darren Sproles. So I, I can see him continue to do well in a PPR format. Uh, Lance Dunbar was the star of the Cowboys for the week. So um, picked him up in a few leagues. He really looked good under that format. Latavius Murray and, uh, looked just as good for the Raiders. Bernard I talked about. Ellington I talked about. D'Angelo Williams looked fantastic. Um, hopefully he'll keep that up for one more week for all you people like me who drafted D'Angelo later uh, in the rounds, in the most drafts, after taking Le'Veon Bell, thinking that the two combined would do well. I think D'Angelo exceeded expectations, and I'm sure you guys all believe. Joseph Randall also earned a quality game for the, uh, the Cowboys. David Johnson uh, in replacing um, Andre Ellington looked nice, um, had 12 and a half points. Alfred Morris had a great week. Um, all of his points came from the rushing yards. No touchdowns, no catches, but hey, he had 120 yards rushing, so he did great. Jonathan Stewart with a quality game. Kyrie Robinson for uh, the Saints. Uh, so as long as, long as C.J. Spiller stays out, I think he's going to get your catches. Uh, he's going to get most of the catches as well with that uh, system there. Ryan Matthews earned a quality game, and uh, Theo Riddick, Leon, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Williams uh, for Buffalo, and Rashard Jennings and Shane Green. So there's your running backs that earned a quality game. Um, hopefully you had those. Some guys who didn't that were surprising. Justin Forsett, C.J. Anderson, Lamar Miller, Adrian Peterson. looked awful. Um, hopefully he'll kick back and, and be the guy that everybody drafted him. Doug Martin um, and Frank Gore is the last one that didn't earn a quality game. So those are the top guys, um, top consistent earners this past week. Uh, as we head to the wide receivers, uh, everybody knows about Julio Jones' huge night, King and Allen. Um, there were 35 wide receivers who earned a quality game this week. Again, the average is around 36, so a little bit below average for wide receivers. Last year, wide receivers were in the 48 range for the first week. Um, not as much this year, more the running backs and tight ends. Um, a lot of the regulars were in there, Julio Jones, uh, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, uh, Jordan Matthews, uh, Brandon Marshall, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb, uh, Jarvis Landry, who you guys know I talked about a lot this year, this uh, this summer, uh, John Brown as well, Manu Sanders. Um, a lot of people kind of thought he would kind of start off slow. He's fine. Uh, one of my favorites, like, just over the last few weeks, I kind of brought up to a lot of people was Jerry Gokotri, uh for the Panthers. Uh, everybody was jumping on, um, you know, the the other Panther wide receivers, um, uh, Devin Funches and and some, is it, yeah, Devin Funches. Um, but you know, it was uh, it was Cotri that that had the better week. Uh, Demarius Thomas earned a quality game, not a great game for him, only 13 points. Uh, but quality game nonetheless. Roddy White, Alshon Jeffries, AJ Green, uh, Jeremy Mac, uh, and so that kind of rounded out this, the start. Some of the surprises this past week at wide receiver uh, was Seth Roberts, um, James Jones, who kind of signed up with the, uh, the Packers just a week or so ago. Obviously, lost. <laughs> obviously, still had that connection with uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And so all of you folks who were all over the, uh, um, yeah, I just went brain dead, all over the uh, Devontae Adams, uh, that was probably a disappointment for you folks. Uh, 
Um, Travis ben- Benjamin for the Browns. Percy Harvin was a big surprise. I, I think a lot of people are surprised by that. So um, certainly surprised there. And like I said, as we round out some guys who didn't earn quality games at wide receiver, that may surprise some of you people. Mari Cooper, Des Bryant, of course, getting hurt. Macklin uh, and uh, Vincent Jackson and, and f- some folks like that. Uh, Calvin Johnson was a big one who didn't. Andre Johnson didn't. And uh, Anquan Bolden and uh, folks didn't as well. So it is around 7.15, which I think uh, on the phone should be Ryan Fowler. Ryan, is that you? How's it going, Bob? That is Good, me. man. How Good. Thanks doing? for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Good to talk to you again. I know we uh, just met a couple weeks ago there in New Jersey, a fun 24-hour spin for me. I don't know how your travel schedule was, but I was in and out <laughs> like a dirty shirt and back to Cincinnati before uh, 24 hours had passed. No, it was it was a lot of fun. Luckily, I uh, I drove in from Ohio and uh, stayed at uh, my wife's cousin's house oh, that's and right. who uh, right. live in New Jersey. So it was a nice, and then drove home uh, back on Sunday. So it worked out pretty well. I didn't have to jump around too much but uh so ryan uh, tell us a little tell the folks uh who may not know who you are which it would be a surprise um who you write for uh, a little bit about yourself your twitter uh, and all that kind of good stuff just as we get started so people can uh, follow you um, after we get done sure yeah uh ryan Fowler, the fantasy editor for foxsports.com i think uh it is an obvious statement to say that fox sports is kind of the new kid at the table and that's kind of funny because fox sports is such a big brand in the nfl but when you look at the fantasy circles i think we have to be honest with ourselves and say yahoo's been around for a while cbs espn and fox is really there it's just you have to give it a chance and i think a lot of new leaks that are popping up should really look at fox as an alternative i think sometimes yahoo and espn as great as they've been as as they've been around for many years over a decade in every instance but Sometimes you rest on your laurels. Sometimes you want a fresh start. And I think Fox Sports gives people an alternative. So that's what we're doing right now. We're covering different fantasy baseball and football mainly. We have commissioner games for the football and baseball side of things. And then on Twitter, at Fox Sports Fowler, H, uh, at John Halpin, uh, 37, at Fox Sports Meyer, and at Fox Sports Foster. We have a four-man crew that's kind of spread out throughout the country. I'm based in Cincinnati. We have DJ Foster in San Diego, Adam Meyer in Cleveland. John Halpin is down in North Carolina in Charlotte. So we're a relatively small team, but uh, I think we crank out some pretty good content week in and week out, especially on the fantasy football side of things. Yeah, no, no question there. Uh, Fox Sports, it's funny that a long time ago, and I'm talking like maybe 10, 15, maybe 15 years, um, I just kind of got started. No, maybe it's not that long. Let's, let's, let's go back early 2000s. So maybe about 12 years. Um, um, I actually, somebody that I wrote for a, a separate site um, had a contact at Fox, and they let me publish my uh, consistency articles every week at, on Fox Sports. Um, is just a contributor. I didn't get paid, but I had a lot of followers at that point. Um, and it was kind of neat. But then, it, like you said, it kind of fell off, and Fox kind of, kind of got lost in the in the shuffle. And um, you know, like I said, I'm glad to see them coming back. Obviously, Fox, one of the well-respected names in sports, and and uh, looking to make a a push here in fantasy. And good for you guys. And uh, excited to uh, you know meet up with you and. Um, you know, the fact that, uh, you, you know, you got, you could spend some time to, to chat. Um, so week one's in the books. Um, how did you, I, I forgot to look, how did you do in the, the fantasy league of experts? 
Well, I faced our fearless leader in Jake, uh, Owen Kidd, and, um, well, I, my Tom Brady gamble paid off. I got Tom Brady in the ninth round of a 14-team yeah, draft, so that paid off quite well. Um, I also have Tony Romo, so if anybody needs a quarterback, I feel pretty good right now, even without Doug Bryant. I still think I bet uh, I know having Tom Brady back, Jake Seeley. Yes, <laughs> because he waited too long, and he ended up with Colin Kaepernick. And if Carlos exactly. Wright keeps doing what he did, uh, they're not going to really need CK7. So uh, I beat Jake. It was close. Uh, I, I think it was closer than uh, than just my quarterback braggadocious okay. there uh, painted a picture right. of. Um, because, as you know, in that league, uh, in the Flex Cup, I mean, running backs are at such a premium. I'm rolling out oh, Chris yeah. Ivory, nice matchup against the Browns in the first week. Kevin Coleman lived up to – the gamble that I took. I'll take 20 carries any day of the week, and if he oh, only gets yeah, 80 yards, yeah. so be it. But uh, I'm just buying time for Levy and Bell to come back in week three, and, and then we can right. see what really goes on. Plus, uh, for those that don't know, and you've probably mentioned it on your show before, you have to start three wide receivers, and that's already getting dicey. With uh, I had Victor Cruz as my third wide receiver. He's banged up. And then you have Emmanuel Sanders. We'll see how he does tonight uh, in the right. short week in the Thursday night contest. But I'm a little nervous, as you can imagine, uh, with the three wide receiver sets, uh, I went out and spent some money on, um, oh, who did I pick up? Percy Harvin, who I heard in your intro a couple minutes before I came on. I had a surprising week one. But in a 14-team league with a bunch of people that know what they're doing, that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're getting. So I spent 15 bucks on Percy Harvin. We'll see how it shakes out in week two. Yeah, no, um, it was a good week for me. Um, um, I was facing Brandon Marion Lee from her fantasy football um, luckily I caught her whole team on an off week. Uh, <laughs> I think the only person that did for her, Charles, uh, Cam Newton was terrible. I think her second running back was, I don't know if it was, uh, Rashad Jennings or Jokey Bell, but that didn't go well. Uh, her wide receivers were Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper and Andre Johnson, who all, you know, didn't do well. So yeah. I think her team only scored like 73 points. Um, but I was happy my team scored 117, which I think was right up near the top. I think um, 120, 121 was one of the higher yeah. scores. Um, so, you know, Peyton had a bad week, but my trio of running backs of Ellington, DeMarco Murray, and Danny Woodhead uh, paid off for me. I had Jarvis Landry, yeah. Demarius Thomas, um, <clears throat> both did well. A huge week at Jason Witten. Um, so, you know, I, I, I liked what I saw. You know, there was some... Obviously, um, I, I like you talked about quarterbacks. I had Carson Palmer on my bench, who was number two overall this past week. Now I'm I'm sticking and staying my faith with Peyton Manning. So let's start with that, Ryan. He's playing okay. tonight against Kansas City. Um, am I making a bad move by leaving Peyton in for another week and hope that he's going to rebound when I've got Carson Palmer, who was number two last week? This week they're playing at Chicago, who's not a very good defense. Would would you would you will you talk me out of it, or should I go back you know, and stay with Peyton? Yeah, I, I want to remain friends with you, Bob, but I would say Carson Palmer's the play. I really do. I think Peyton Manning right. showed a lot of signs of uh oh. I mean, for lack of a better, I mean, a very profound uh oh because I mean there were some missed there were some missed opportunities in that game that we wouldn't have seen out of Peyton Manning 1.0. I'll call him 2.0. Anything after in. You know what, that's probably not even fair. This might even be Peyton Manning 3.0 because he wowed us all coming off of the neck surgery, and he lived up to some crazy expectations after the neck surgery. And it, I thought it was weird because we got really nervous with Peyton Manning 
and his health coming off of that neck surgery and when he relocated to Denver. And then about a month ago, he mentioned in the press that he couldn't feel his fingertips. And I'm like, right. he, and I think he even used the word still. I still can't feel my fingertips. And I don't think right. that report ever really surfaced when he made his debut in Denver. So could you imagine fantasy owners, if they heard that in that first year where he went out and lit it up? I mean, so right. can we completely sell all stock on Peyton Manning? No, but I think in week two, I think Carson Palmer, with the options around him, could do some work. I think Kansas City scared a lot of people uh, with the way they played against Houston. Granted, it was against Brian right. Hoyer. I think all things considered, it's the short week that I don't trust. I don't know if it's right. so much Peyton Manning's performance in week one. It's the short week. We get a lot of dog games on Thursday, and that's probably what makes me nervous. Carson Palmer gets a full week of rest and he gets the Chicago right. defense, and, he, and that's probably where I'm at on that. All right, well, I took your advice. While you were talking, I changed my lineup, and I hit submit. So, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm not telling you. I have paid in about four other leagues. So, I didn't oh change Lord. those yet. Um, so, um, But I, I, I just believe that I, I'm kind of with you, and I kind of thought about it as you were talking, and I'm looking at, Wow, Chicago, man, they're not a good defense. Um, so, you know, I have to believe that uh, he'll he'll probably have another good week. And they could both have good weeks, and it won't sure. really cost me anything. Uh, in my other leagues, I don't think I have as good of backups uh, behind Peyton. I think I have some lesser people. So I may look at it later uh, and, and look at those leagues. But um, so I made the switch. I, I, you, you talked me off. Uh, talked me off the ledge. Um and I was kind of leaning that way anyway. I just kind of wanted to see if you had more belief. You know, I watched most of that Denver game, and I honestly saw a very bad offensive line causing a lot of Peyton's problems. Um, sure. So I'm hoping, sure. you know, in Baltimore's defense, I mean, they, they, were, they had him figured out. I'm not saying he didn't make some bad throws, but some of those throws were rushed, tipped. Um, you know, he just never – seem comfortable, but I don't think it was Peyton Manning's fingertip problems. It was the fact that nobody was blocking the poor, for the poor guy. So I think that was some of it. And I think when that offensive line gels a little bit, you know, C.J. Anderson wasn't running well, so that didn't help the cause. So I'm not going to say all blame is on that. Um, you know, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I, I think there's more to blame than Peyton Manning. I don't think Peyton Manning's done. I just think Peyton Manning had a bad game and you know, that's going to happen. So, yeah, And I think the, the reason that there's some other concern is the way that he finished the 2014 fantasy season. And right. back then he was dealing with, I think it was a thigh bruise or some injury right. in the upper leg area. So when you, when you compound week one with the way that he finished, and he burned a lot of fantasy owners. So there's a bad taste in the oh. mouth among the public who looked at Peyton Manning's numbers at the end of last year. Plus they kind of shifted towards so much work on CJ Anderson. They changed coaching staff. They have the West Coast offense, but they're still going to run the ball with CJ. So just those variables in mind. And again, let's just put it out this way. If Peyton Manning was facing the Buccaneers tonight, I think a lot of people would be like, he'll be fine. Marcus Mariota can go out there and throw four <laughs> touchdown passes. You get the Buccaneers pass defense, or even right. New Orleans or somebody like that. The problem right, right. is he goes from the Ravens to the Chiefs in four days. That's not really fair for him and owners. Right, right, right. No, I, I agree, and that's kind of why I'm like, eh, you know what, you're, I, I'm going to lean that way. All right, I'm going to go a little bit backwards. Instead of starting with quarterbacks and going to the tight ends, I'm going to start with the tight ends because I, I talked a little bit about the other ones as we were leading up to you coming on. 
What I didn't address yet this week is uh, the quality games earned um, by tight end. Now, mm -hmm. the factor that is set in the system is that the, uh, the quality game factor that you need to ex exceed each week to earn a qu uh, quality game is around about a little bit over nine points in a PPR format for tight ends. Um, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Or, I'm sorry, over eight points. And um, that usually means there'll be about 12 tight ends that'll earn a quality <laughs> game on an average basis. Some weeks it'll sure. be 15, some weeks it'll be eight. There sure. were 20 tight ends <laughs> this week who earned quality games. Yeah. I looked back, and this is the biggest week in my history of since 2002 of, com of compiling these stats. I have never wow. seen this many tight ends. Is this a trend? Was it a fluke? Um, you know, I mean, guys that normally didn't do much of anything. I mean, Gavin Escobar, uh, you know, Lance Kendricks, Jared Cook, Keith Miller, Darren Fells, who fell out of the sky. Um, mm -hmm. Guys, you know, that have never done much of anything, let alone earn a quality game, all are on this list as we help. Vernon Davis was actually close enough. He almost made it. That's how bad it was. Yep. Um, is that, is this, is something changed or was it just, that's just the way it fell this week. Was it a fluke? What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know if you even thought about this because, but that's a lot of tight ends. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think it, I think it's more fluke than, than new trend. I think the other thing is too, you go into week one and defenses are for the first time playing four quarters at game speed. I mean, when you look right. at the preseason slate of four games, you're not getting full win throughout the game. Uh, probably a more conservative play call uh, from the offensive package because, again, the offense is playing four quarters for basically the first time. Um, so right. I think that there, there was some necessity of week one getting the, the tight ends involved to keep everything simple and then on the defensive side allowing those checkdowns to happen and, and a lot of those tight ends to really gobble up some points. Because I look at guys like, Austin Safarian Jenkins, 20 plus, 28 fantasy 28. points. Yeah, and yeah. that was in rally mode against Tennessee, who was blowing them out. I look at right. Ladarius Green. We've waited this forever. Uh, can right. you do it? And then Antonio Gates comes back, so what have you there. Um, Eric Ebron, I don't see that happening again anytime soon. I do believe in Jared Cook. I will say this. Lance Kendrick okay. got the touchdown. But Jared Cook in that offense, I think Nick Foles, again, you have to remember the – the, the quality of quarterbacks that they've had with Sam Bradford right. always on IR. What do we really know of Jared Cook since he joined the Rams? I right. think Foles and Cook can do some delicious stuff because Brian Quick, Kenny Britt, Stedman Bailey, it kinda it just kinda falls flat on the tongue where Jared Cook, based on what we saw in Tennessee, he can kinda keep that thing going. So if there was one of those underlying guys, I really think Jared Cook, uh, who's not owned in many leagues uh, can be one of those guys that you can fill in. I, I have a Delaney Walker situation with the wrist injury this weekend. I'm mm -hmm. plugging in Jared Cook to a couple okay. lineups to, to fill that void. Great, great. Now, on the other side of that with tight ends, what the hell happened with Greg Olson? This is the guy that usually is one of the most consistent uh, tight ends in the league. He had one catch for, what, 10 yards? 2.1, he ranked 40th. There's people that I never even heard of that ranked had more <laughs> fantasy points this week. Um, Crockett Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
uh, CJ Federitz. I don't even know. Who, I thought he was a tennis player. I don't even know who this guy is. Um, how in the world? What the hell happened in, in Carolina? I mean, well, here's the fun thing about your consistency uh, gauge. The one right. thing you need to keep in mind with Greg Olson, and, and I was watching this game because I had Greg Olson. Plus, I believe it was the first game on TV, and I, I'm so glued to Red Zone, I'm going to see the scoring uh, right. opportunities more times than not. So Greg Olson got called for a BS offensive pass interference call. Otherwise, he would have the catch and the touch, and he probably would have hovered around nine points. If not, oh, okay. that would have, again, it's the butterfly effect. That could have changed a million different things. Um, right. So Greg Olson should have been around eight to nine fantasy points had that BS offensive uh, pass interference call not okay. been made. They said he pushed off. I mean, it was it was a brush, and he oh, wow. he, he like juggled the ball in the corner of the end zone and, and brought it down, and then it got overturned. So just bad luck on that. I have Olson in the league, and I definitely cursed at the TV at that point. But still, I'm still surprised that he only had one catch. I mean, yeah, the missing the there, touchdown is one right. thing, but the fact. The fact that he only had one t- – I don't know how many targets. I didn't look, but he couldn't have too many targets because he usually catches most balls thrown at him. Um, but I think that was my biggest surprise. I'm a big Olsen fan. Um, I, you know, I have him in, in a f- quite a few things, um, just be, you know, and, and picking him. I mean, I, greatly enough, I have Jason Witten more than I have Greg Olsen, so that worked out well with most of my leagues. But in my Greg Olsen leagues, that was, that was a rough two, two points to stare at. So um, that was a surprise. Um, the other one that was a surprise was um, Owen Daniels not getting too much. Um, with with Peyton struggling like he was, I would have thought he would may have looked to Owen Daniels a little bit more, but he only had two and a half points. So again, maybe maybe I looked into it more than I thought, but uh, never saw him even target. He was basically either trying to force the ball to Sanders or Demarius and. Uh, or CJ out of the backfield. And then I didn't see Daniels involved very much at all. So that was kind of a surprise. We'll see if that changes tonight with the Chiefs. Uh, and might be bringing the same blitz that Houston, or Houston, that Baltimore was bringing last week. So maybe they'll, maybe this will be the week on blows up. So again, as you mentioned, when it comes to the consistency, game one doesn't mean that you stink at consistency. It's only game one. <laughs> um, right. You know, and it's easy for these guys to bounce back and, and have a big week. So, but that was a big surprise uh, seeing that many tight ends earn a quality game in any week, let alone week one. So um, now let's take a look at the wide receivers, uh, 35 wide receivers, which is normal, should be about 36. Uh, again, starting lineup, three wide receivers in the 12-team league. That's kind of how it's set up. Um, a lot of guys, no surprises, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, um, you know, those kind of guys up there, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb, you know, the, the big names. Um, what was surprising was some of the big names who weren't up there, like Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, um, Anquan Bolden, um, uh, Amari Cooper had a, a not very good. Des Bryant, we kind of know because of the injury. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, we don't know what to expect this year, but a lot of those guys weren't up there. Oh, Odell Beckham, um, Brandon Cooks. So a lot of first, second round wide receivers, not a good week for them, um, surprisingly. Any thoughts on what happened with some of those guys? And, and um, I know not one week a season make, but anybody that you're more concerned about than normal? 
Yeah, I mean, Calvin Johnson, we, we have to definitely keep tabs on that because let's look at the evolution of Calvin Johnson. I mean, he played through some injury last year, so his numbers were were definitely not worthy of the first-round pick that he was based on ADP last year. Now he fell to the second round in a lot of drafts this year, but you're not even getting second-round draft value out of him. In a game where there were so many points scored, Calvin Johnson right. needs more targets, and that's what it comes down to. The problem is, because he became such a huge name and such a huge target to Matthew Stafford, the bracket coverage on him is supposed to allow Golden Tate to reap some of those benefits, but Golden Tate had a dog game too. So that Lions game, and let's give some credit to the Chargers secondary, so be it. Yeah. But Calvin Johnson and or Golden Tate need to put out consistent production of 10-plus fantasy points per week in PPR leagues. Otherwise, that, that offense just isn't going to go anywhere. Calvin has now done that in two years where it's just, I think Calvin Johnson's still going to have the game where he blows up for 25, 30 fantasy points in PPR leagues. The problem is you're not going to get the consistent output that he had three, four years ago. Golden Tate right, right. might be able to put those consistent numbers up. But, again, that's the one that kind of worries me right now is Kelvin Johnson, right. based on his average draft position, not holding serve uh, and putting up the numbers that people drafted him for. Exactly. Um, I know I sent you my book that I wrote uh, this past summer. And um, if you look at the uh, player profile for Calvin Johnson, it, it shows that the last two years, he's from the 15 to 20th overall in consistency for wide receivers. And, you know, it black and white says, please, folks, do not pick this guy in the first two rounds as your wide receiver one. Um, I have, you know, and he's not on any of my teams and, and wouldn't have been because of that. Um, I, I just hasn't seen it, you know, but yet everybody, again, it's that name recognition. Oh, man, I have yeah. Calvin Johnson. And they're even more excited. Well, I have Calvin Johnson as my wide receiver, too, because, uh, you know, I picked, uh, you know, Demarius <laughs> Thomas in the first round. Well, that's great, but right. he's not even – he was ranked uh, – what was his overall rank? 63rd this week in fantasy points. Um, that's yep. not a second-round pick either. Or receiver two. That's that's wide receiver five. That's Cleveland Brown receivers level. Come on, folks. Sure. Um, Very true. Now, let's look at some of the names that jumped out of nowhere this week. Um, I, I won't say Keenan Allen jumped out of nowhere, but he, nobody expected him to put up 31 points. 12, 13, 14 catches. I don't remember what the total was, but a huge week for Keenan. Um, you know, certainly looked like the Keenan of old from two years ago when he was clicking with Phillip Rivers. I don't know what happened last year. Um, things didn't go well. His consistency was horrible. It was below 50%. He looked amazing in week one. May have been the Detroit Tiger or Detroit Tigers. Yeah, Detroit Tigers defense. How the <laughs> secondary looked. Um, but the Lions secondary was pretty much letting him run around at will. Do we? Do you expect Keenan to, to keep maybe not this high of a level, but to see a lot more consistency this year out of Keenan? Well, I mean, if you get 15 targets a game, sign me up. I mean, that's exactly. like Pierre Garçon two years ago production. I mean, if you're if if any of your receivers are getting double digit targets. Just based on effort, and again, you need some talent, but again, it goes back to like the Julian Edelman, uh, Antonio Brown mold, where if you're getting that many targets, there's a reason you're getting that many targets. And uh, I think Keenan Allen has proved himself two years ago, you mentioned, that this will work. My concern is, is where do the targets go when Antonio Gates comes back? Um, how are they going to work Stevie Johnson in the full? Because Stevie had a great game against the Lions last week. Uh, I flexed him out because Mike Evans was out due to injury. 
that played that paid some dividends because again, Stevie Johnson was a wide receiver one in Buffalo and, and put up some right. big numbers for a lot of fantasy owners. So I like Keenan Allen. I still think he's uh, kind of a lower tier wide receiver one, or probably you know it's even hard to say Keenan Allen's a wide receiver one at face value. If I know right. Keenan Allen's going to get 10 to 15 targets a week, sure, he's a wide receiver one. But Absolutely. on a week-to-week basis, they're not playing the Lions, so that's that's not going to help him out very much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right. that, that was great production, and, and they do have a lot of moving pieces. Phillip Rivers had to play from behind in that game, too, so you have to take that into consideration. Right. Uh, but Rivers is going to chuck it around uh, all, game, all season long. So uh, good on him for, uh, for Keenan Allen owners. Kind of um... – as we talk about, you know, we talked about tonight's game against the Chiefs, and you said that the Chiefs' defense looked really good last week. However, somehow DeAndre Hopkins ended up third in fantasy yeah. points for wide receivers, and um, Nate Washington, not Cecil Shorts, Nate Washington ended up ranked um, 15th in fantasy points for wide receivers. Was was it just because they were playing from behind, or is maybe the Chiefs not as good as we think? What's your thoughts? Uh, Nate Washington did a lot of his damage in the first half, so I would give the hat tip to Brian Hoyer. This is the only hat tip Brian Hoyer will be getting all season. Right, exactly, because Brian, Brian Hoyer, is starting this week. <laughs> right, so Nate Washington and Hoyer, it, it, I know they had a nice preseason together when they were working it out, so that's probably where the Washington – uh, play comes in. And you have to remember, too, Nate Washington had some decent games with the Titans uh, with the Jake mm-hmm. Locker Mettenberger combo. He would right, kind of play right. under the radar. So um, I think it's just volume was, was the confusion part on, on the Nate Washington post. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, yeah, you know, that was rally mode. But I, I, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be one of those guys that is probably going to benefit from the switch from Hoyer to Mallet. I think Ryan right. Mallett's more of an NFL quarterback than Brian Hoyer. Um, but again, Hopkins, I don't think will reach peak value until Arian Foster comes back and that the Arian Foster, let's just say whenever that becomes a hundred percent strength and, and feeling a hundred percent healthy coming off the injury, he can keep linebackers honest in the run game, allowing Deandre to do more damage. The second touchdown Deandre got was more in garbage time. Um, right. so I guess, did the Chiefs lay down a little bit? Maybe, but uh, I think a lot of that damage came in the second half when they were trying to catch up. Right. No, definitely. Um, I think a huge surprise, and I, as you mentioned, I, I talked about a little bit earlier, was the um, outbreak of Percy Harvin. He seems to be this kind of player. He'll have the first two or three games will be huge, and then he'll do something stupid um, and then kind of fall off the face of the earth. Do you believe in Percy Harvey past week two or three? Um, did he? I didn't see the game, so I don't know if you got a chance to watch much of it. But you know, he, we all know he has the talent. But he's a million dollar body, you know, million dollar talent with a ten cent head. Um, can he continue this? Um, you know, obviously, like I said, we know he has the talent. Now he's got a good quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, or at least good in first week one. Um, you know, they they blew out the Colts, which was a surprise. Uh, is the Colts' defense that bad, or did Percy Har- does Percy Harvin really um, reju- rejuvenate it, and, and can we count on him as the year as the weeks go by? I think the thing that comes down with Percy Harvin as far as consistency week to week is his health. He's got – I have to imagine, and, again, I wish I, wish I had more of a medical background, and I think fantasy uh, writers and contributors as the years play out, they're going to get more – 
well-versed in medical doctrine. And, and I know there's right. contributors in the fantasy space that specialize that, whether that's a trainer contributing to a site, this or that. But, right. I mean, it's kind of like being a meteorologist. You go outside, and, is it raining? No. Does it look like it's going to rain? Maybe. With Percy Harvin, he's had a hip injury for a number of years now. Do I think it's arthritic at the young age of whatever he is right now? Mm-hmm. Probably, because he's had a hip injury throughout his entire career. He also had a bad case of migraines and headaches. Who knows if that had to tie into concussions that he sustained over the course of his career. It's Percy Harvin staying on the field at better than 90%. That concerns me more than the production that he can give you if he is out there. Because I think when he's out there, he's a game changer, but he needs to be out on the field week in and week out to build that rapport with the quarterback. Because if he plays well weeks one, week two, weeks three, and maybe even week four, and then he's out two weeks because of a hip injury, a calf, a headache, this or that, that's where he breaks the monotony of what we've seen in the past. And uh, that's where owners are going to get burned if they buy in too much. If you were a Percy, if you're talking to Percy Harvin owners out there who have him on the team or may have picked him up off the waiver wire because he, some of a lot of leagues, I, I don't think he's even drafted in. Um, would you tell him to play him for one more week? And if he has a big week, trade him before he becomes that person again? Or do you think he can do it all season? And I know it's all based on health, but he, sure. you know. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, just the fact if you can get some good value, maybe Harvin now is, you know, you're looking for a backup running back during a bye week or, a, you know, a better quarterback uh, because you ended up with Colin Kaepernick you drafted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think it, you should get we should get rid of him because that would that was what I would think. I would think, man, if he has one more good week, dump him off before you get burned by the, you know, midseason uh, breakdown on Percy Harvin. Yeah, I think selling high on Percy Harvin is a pretty good idea, and, and it's probably going to be one of those situations where maybe it's a Des Bryant owner, maybe it's another wide receiver that goes down to injury here in week two that needs some type of upgrade. Because if he posts another double-digit week, people are going mm-hmm. to be interested in him, especially in league three, you have to start three wide receivers. I mean, that's, right. that's almost a given that Percy Harvin and three wide receiver starting uh, roster leagues, he's going to have a ton of value. And like you said, upgrade at another position. The problem is, in those leagues where you start three wide receivers, you yourself may need Percy Harvin <laughs> they need because him. Andre right. Johnson is scaring the crap out of you. Yeah, right. bye weeks, Andre Johnson's scaring the crap out of you, Calvin Johnson's scaring the crap out of you. And you right. look at his schedule coming up. He's got New England, which you can do some work against. At Miami, that's not fun. But then you got the Giants, Tennessee you can pass against, Jacksonville in week seven. And then you look at his playoff schedule at Philly, at Washington, and at Dallas. They can throw the ball around there, too. And, again, who knows who the quarterback is then. I mean, we're, we're looking three months down the road. But I think it, I think Percy Harvin trading high is better for those in leagues with two wide receivers. Right. I think that's no, where I, I feel comfortable. If you're starting three, you're probably going to have to hold a share of Percy Harvin because there's just not much out on the waiver wire that's better than him. Or, and you or have to trading run the risk for somebody who's starting slow that might come sure. up, uh, you know, you know, that's always a, an option, too, like a Brandon Cooks or Cooper or somebody like that. Oh, absolutely. So, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So, surprisingly, we only have 13 minutes to the top of the hour, and I know you needed to go at eight. But uh, so let's look at the running backs. Running backs, um, pretty pretty successful this week. 32 running backs normally should be around 24. Uh, 32 earned a quality game. Uh, a lot of uh, top names, surprisingly, weren't up there this week. C.J. Anderson, Lamar Miller. 
Justin Forsett, Adrian Peterson, I think that was a, probably the biggest shock of how poorly uh, that went for him. Um, you know, I didn't get to see much of that game. It was a late game on Monday. Um, you, you're in Cincinnati, so you're in the same same same, same zone. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see any of the highlights or lowlights. Um, what was the issue with Adrian? Was it the fact that they were playing from behind? Um, what, I didn't see. What, 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 what were your thoughts of what happened this past week? Yeah, I saw the first half, and then, and then I called it at night because it was one of the worst games I had seen in recent history. And there was, there was a Jaguars game. I think it was either Jaguars-Panthers or Jaguars-Titans a few years ago on Monday night. It was in the rain. It was like 6-3 in the second. It was awful, and it reminded me a lot of, of that. Sure, Carlos Hyde came through and just became uh, Bill Brasky of fantasy football. Everybody was close to him <laughs> on Brasky. Tuesday. Fantastic but, uh, reference. Uh, I, I use it a lot. It's a crutch, I admit it. But when it came yeah, to Adrian right. Peterson, there was a lot of unfamiliarity of working with Teddy Bridgewater, the way that Norm Turner runs that. Again, this is a new – when Adrian Peterson last played outside of that one game, there, this is a change that he wasn't accustomed mm-hmm. to because he's been gone for so long. It's like you, you go to one high school, you leave to transfer to the private school, and then you're like, yeah, oh, this isn't working. You go back to the, the regular high school. Things have <laughs> changed. You're not, you're not in the same system. Right. Um, and there, I think it was just a timing thing. I think Peterson will be fine. Uh, it was There was really no flow to the offense for the Vikings, which was a problem. And then I think the Mike Zimmer D that's always so lauded kind of got knocked in the jaw through high because, again, not a lot of a lot of knowns of him in a regular season contest. So I think it was right. a combination of the two. You got the Vikings on the road trying to figure out where Adrian Peterson fits into this offense. Uh, there, if you really want to get into the weeds on it, there was talk of Adrian having some issues taking handoffs out of the shotgun. That's a deep cut mm-hmm. that was analyzed by ad nauseum on Tuesday and Wednesday. So <laughs> a couple factors there. I think I'll be all right. Right. All right. Yeah, I have to too. I mean, I, you know, Adrian Peters, Adrian Peters. Just give him the ball more. He'll be fine. Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about Carlos Hyde. Um, you know, that was a big shock. Um, you know, I, again, I, he has the potential. He was very talented in college, obviously. Um, sure. But I got to believe at some point, if he keeps running like this, um, then teams are just going to put eight, nine guys in a box and say, okay, cop, Colin pa- Kaepernick and Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith, yeah. you beat us because we're not going to let the running game beat us. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts there. Matt Forte, sure. we know, is a stud. Ivory, the Bishop Sankey, I think, was a big surprise for a lot of people because – you know, they a lot of people wrote this guy off. I mean, so that was a big surprise. Um, I, I think the one that, um, you know, was probably the biggest surprise in my mind in, in a PPR league was the uh, appearance of Lance Dunbar being the highest points in Dallas and not Darren McFadden and not Joseph Randall. Um, that's something you you see continuing? Well, they needed Dunbar a lot on that final drive to rally up, uh, rally back against the Giants. And, and when Des went down, this opens an opportunity for Dunbar, much like Darren Sproles with the Eagles, right. where they need that pass catching running back. And Dunbar showed some signs last year. Again, same thing with Randall. We got to see these little glimpses whenever Demarco Murray felt like he needed two minutes of rest because he was worked so hard. Uh, you right. get a little Randall, you get a little Dunbar. Like, ooh, that's that's kind of interesting. I want I want to see more. Well, now you're going to see more because the front office of Dallas says they want to get 30 carries a game out of their three running backs. And I think 
carries and touches are probably a blurred line here. I think Dunbar right. could be in line for five receptions a week type situation, and he's shown some explosiveness. But a lot of those 70 yards did come uh, when they were trying to rally back against the Giants. I, I liked what I saw, though. I picked him up in a couple of leagues. Yeah, I did too, um, especially in leagues where, you know, PPR scoring so that uh, I can keep them five weeks and that kind of stuff. Um, outside of that, uh, D'Angelo Williams had a great Thursday night last week. Uh, for those of you uh, like yourself and me who drafted Le- Le'Veon Bell in a lot of leagues, I picked D'Angelo up um, later in the rounds and started him in the first week. And, and I even said when I did, did it, because a lot of arguments with other experts that have been on my show all summer, um, where I said, look, if I can get even half of the normal points that Le'Veon would get in a week out of D'Angelo, if he can earn a quality game or two, uh, one game or two games, um, I said, I'm, I'm light years ahead of, of where I'd want to be. He out and <laughs> had a great week. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not Le'Veon Bell numbers, but damn close, and I'll take it any time. Um, obviously, this week now um, they're playing – you know, at uh, or home at home against San Francisco. Um, now, San Francisco's defense looked good Monday night against Peterson. May not have as much been the defense. Uh, we'll see how that goes uh, in that game. Again, Steelers' defense not that strong against New England, so we'll see how he does. Um, but outside of that, I think the other big, big surprise um, to me was, um, you know, uh, what did I say? I kind of lost. Lost my step. Um, was uh, you know Darren Sproles, and then we talked about him. Him and Woodhead, um, guys that I actually draft in a lot of leagues because um, I always feel like they're just great PPR players to have um, as a flex player or as a backup. A lot of my leagues, I'm starting both of them this week because I have all them a lot in both in a lot of leagues. Uh, I, I liked what I saw out of both of them. Uh, Woodhead two years ago was 12th in total points in a PPR league, and I think he was top. 10 in consistency. Um, I've always loved Sproles just because he just fills a great role in Philadelphia. Um, yep. and, you know, if DeMarco Murray doesn't get the two touchdowns, uh, he would have had a horrible week. Um, you you feeling the same love for Woodhead and, and Sproles going forward? Sproles more so than Woodhead, but yeah, I think we're on the same page with, with our rationale as to why we like both. I mean, they're going to figure out a way to get Sproles the ball. I can't say the same of Ryan Matthews and and DeMarco Murray. I mean, there are just so – this is the thing about the Eagles' offense. There are so many mouths to feed. Who got hosed this week? All those people that put Nelson Aguilar up on a pedestal and said, this guy's going to be go nuts. And they got burned because there's just so many other people to feed the ball. I don't think Ryan Matthews, based on the way they used him, is going to be able to stay healthy. I think Sproles, just with his breakaway speed in PPR leagues, you're going to find a way to get him in the lineup. Can I guarantee that he's going to be an RB2 each week, or in this case, an RB1? Heck no, because, again, they're going to be spreading it around. With Woodhead, this is where where we can kind of go back and forth. I was surprised they didn't trust Gordon inside the 10, because the touchdowns that Woodhead got were red zone inside the 10. I I believe both of them were. Um, I I think you drafted Melvin Gordon for a reason. I didn't see that him actually score, but here's what I've seen with San Diego, and I saw it in preseason, um, which gave me a lot more faith in that Danny Woodhead was back. But what I've uh, seen in San Diego is um, is they'll let their main guy run the ball first down, maybe second down, depends on how far they're at. But what they'll do is sometimes is bring Woodhead in 
first and second down. Everybody assumes he's going out for a pass. They blitz right. the crap out of him. He they hand him yep. the ball. They, they then um, Rivers sneaks him the ball in a draw. He runs up the middle for eight yards, and nobody's around him. And that's what I saw in preseason. I think one of those touchdowns was that in the game. Now, again, I don't know if he scored from the one or eight. I didn't pay attention. Um, but that's what they do a lot with him is bring him in. People assume he's going out for a pass, and then they run him on a draw, and he scores touchdowns um, just because of the of the uh, the, the way it works. Um, I didn't see if they used Melvin Gordon much at all at the goal line. But, again, you know, we'll have to see how Melvin Gordon continues to, to succeed. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to bring up the play-by-play, but the, the, the game log isn't allowing me to do it. I can tell you this, though. I, I can picture the, the nine-yard touchdown run that Woodhead had, and I believe it was what you said where it's that draw and you sit there right. thinking pass, and then he just goes right up the gut for the nine yards. And then right. Woodhead did get a carry from the one. I can't remember oh. what down it was, but there was okay. a one-yard plunge for Woodhead, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I know he's kind of the – um, you know, Julian Edelman of that team where, you know, he he's the fan favorite. He's a grit, gritty, gutsy guy, you know. Um, he's a small guy, but he's just – he's tough, and everybody loves him in San Diego. So, again, that's probably some of it. But, you know, we'll just have to see how Gordon's success will get into that time or not. I think he's just a, a favorite, and he's a trust factor for uh, Rivers – around the goal sure. line. And as long as he keeps scoring, they're going to keep handing the ball. But, uh, all right. We only got a couple of minutes left quarterbacks. Um, any surprises other than, I, I suppose we got the biggest surprise we got to talk about, um, because Mariota, you know, four touchdowns <laughs> destroys the Tampa Bay defense, which we know it probably isn't very good, but Holy cow, this might be one of the, and I don't know if this is something you've already looked up and, and printed for Fox, but is this the best, start of any quarter rookie quarterback in his first game ever? It's got to be one of the top ones. The short answer is yes, it's one of the best. I, I'm not I, – I would have – here's the thing, though. Only 16 pass attempts. Bottle – I mean, the, the touchdowns are great, but if you give any quarterback, even Alex Smith, only 16 pass attempts, the odds that 25% of those are going to end up in touchdowns week to week, it's hard to really – Fathom. Right. And if you're, right. if you're looking at Marcus Mariota and you're saying, okay, he's going to get, let's say he goes up to 20 pass attempts and he's hovering around 200 to 225 pass yards per game, you're not starting him. Like if you give no. him the known fact of 20 pass attempts and 200 to 200, like if they're going with this conservative play call, the four touchdowns is what just blows everybody out of the water and, and so be it. Right. He was accurate. He looked crisp. Uh, right. uh, Bishop Sankey allowed him to do some other stuff because he ran well. But I think, right. and again, here's the funny thing. He's got a great matchup in Cleveland this week. I think he can go out there <laughs> right. and score 20 fantasy points. But I think we have to kind of be realist with 16 pass attempts. We can crown them whatever we want. But in fantasy football, anybody that knows anything, that if you're getting 16 pass attempts and around 225 right. yards and that's known, I don't know how many people are starting them. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I'm sure there's people out there that are they're jumping all over and they see the Cleveland matchup. That doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, the, the Browns defense is kind of iffy. Um, I've seen them play really well some weeks and shut down Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. And then I watched sure. them turn around and, and be horrible against, you know, uh, a bad team like Tampa Bay. Um, uh, at home, they play a little bit better. The dog, dog pound gets more fired up. Uh, so I, I, I would say there's no way I'd start any Titans this week against the Browns because 
uh, that game one, Browns fans get fired up. It, it's a, they, they play a lot differently at home, um, and especially week one against a rookie quarterback. My thought is they're going to be uh, throwing a lot of blitzes at him and, and trying to catch yards. So we'll see how he does. But uh, um, it's 8 o'clock. Uh, Ryan, I, I know you, you need to go, but thank you so much for being on here. Uh, great talk this week. Um, once again, folks, Ryan Fowler, Fox Sports. Ryan, throw out your uh, Twitter and, and your uh, website so that they can follow you. Uh, read your articles every week. Uh, uh, guys, great folks out there. So, Ryan, thanks again for being on. Sure, yeah. It's uh, at Fox Sports Fowler on Twitter. And then uh, all our content can be found at foxsports.com slash fantasy. Also on Facebook as a department, Fox Sports Fantasy on Facebook. So I, I do appreciate the invite. Thanks, buddy. And uh, good luck in your match up this week uh, in the fantasy league of experts i'm hoping you and i uh, make it to the finals and uh we uh we just dominate this league as as, as expected so as expected sounds good you take care <laughs> all right buddy have a good week all right guys all right ryan fowler uh fox sports fantasy guy uh fantasy editor follow him each week uh like i said uh, definitely one of the best guys out there uh, super nice guy knows his stuff as you guys all heard tonight so uh We'll definitely try to get Ryan on as much as possible. All right, as we're at the 8 o'clock hour, hitting the last half hour before uh, we get on the air, I am now joined, I think, by Wayne. Yes, sir. I Wayne? Good, good. Yes, sir. I'm here. So Wayne Creer of uh, our Fantasy Sports Warehouse. Uh, Wayne, thanks for coming on. Um, you are, if I'm not mistaken, I, I might get this mixed up, but you're our, you're our Eagles guy, right? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And uh, so, remember from the last time that you were on, it was mm-hmm. the Thursday before I went to New Jersey to uh, participate in the Fantasy League of Experts with Ryan Fowler. And um, I told you that uh, you basically talked me into believing in DeMarco Murray. And I said, if I go out there and he's available, um, I had the 10th pick in the 14th team draft, and I said, if he's available, I'm going to pick him just for you, and we'll see how that all works out. And guess what? I picked DeMarco Murray. Um, and so week one, my team won. I think I was third highest scoring. But let's talk about DeMarco Murray and the fact that if it wasn't for those two touchdowns he scored, it wouldn't have been that great of a week. Um, and and what, did your, what were your thoughts from the Eagles game Monday night? And tell us a little bit about uh, – Let's focus on DeMarco at first, and then we'll talk about the other guys from there. Um, I thought that uh, the Eagles were kind of like smelling themselves a little bit, pressing the things a little bit. It was still kind of like in preseason mode, which that's what I wrote in, in my in my breakdown of, of the week one game against Atlanta. Um, okay. I also felt that the guards, uh, Alan Barbie and uh, Matt Tobin, were definitely not they definitely could not dominate the line of scrimmage. They're easily being pushed back by uh, Jason Babineau and O'Brien Schofield of the Falcons. Uh, Seattle's going—I mean, not Seattle. Atlanta's going to play the Seattle defense as Dan Quinn is, is the new head coach, and um, they were designed not not to be beaten by the deep ball. That's why you did not see Nelson Aguilar get deep. Uh, right. There were a lot of a uh, lot of a. Uh, Short dink and dunk passes by Bradford, which, which uh, he was also flat, and, and quite frankly, I thought he he looked scared. He looked scared for like the first quarter because you know quite he was getting his bell rung, 
you know, and yeah, no, they and, were they were yeah. coming at him hard. There's no question that first quarter that uh, they were the Jets were uh, on uh, supercharge, um, you know. But obviously, Bradford and the, and the boys wore him down after that. Um, so do, going back to DeMarco, I felt like he ran a little timid at times. Did you? Feel that? Um, I felt that he um, he couldn't. You know, Demarco Murray's not not the type of back that's gonna you know you know you know beat you in, in a foot race. At least not like I mean, he has good straight line speed, but as far as right. lateral quickness, like Sean McCoy, he doesn't have that. He's a one one cut running back, plant your foot and then take off. And being right. that again, that the guard play did not win the line of scrimmage, they could not right. really establish a good running lane for him. So. Right. I mean, a, a well, back was, like Darren Sproles, a right. back like Darren Sproles was hitting those quick hitters in the inside zone because he's quick enough to make people miss and get up there. Right. While Murray is more of a patient runner, one cut and then up, up, up the lane he he went. And um, and that was just so obvious happen. on the t- on the first touchdown run by Murray when uh, Kelsey the the center pulled out and threw that clutch block and Murray. Mm-hmm you know, hit the and boom, he was in the end zone quite quickly. No question there that, that that was a design play and worked well. They even tried it a couple more times uh, with him and, and it worked pretty well uh, the other times as well. Um, so there's no question that, you know, and that's a, it's a great point. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, that I still made it through. I still won my league with him. So obviously he's going to still be in there for me. Um, so this week uh, the, the Eagles get Dallas at home. We know this is always, a, a huge game, uh, inter-rival game, uh, uh, right, or interconference rival game. Um, you know, the Cowboys defense, not as strong as it's been in the past. Uh, what do you see out of Murray this week uh, for fantasy owners? Uh, stay the course, believe in him. Um, you know, I, th- you know I-, I know I am. So any, any reason not to believe? Oh, I would stay the course because the only real player that – that did not play for the Cowboys when last time when the Eagles stomped, stomped them on Thanksgiving, 33 to 10, was Sean Lee. You know the the weak weak uh will linebacker. Now right. Sean Lee, you know he can't do it all by himself. And being right. that the Cowboys they don't have um, Elena Scandrick, they don't have Randy, rookie uh, uh Randy Gregory because he's out hurt, um, right. and Greg Hardy because he's he's suspended. So that's two right. key players on your defense that that's down. So who do you really have? You don't really have anybody except for Sean Lee and just a bunch of ham and eggers, as I like to call them. So I really <laughs> right. think that this is going to be the DeMarco Murray coming out party, as I as I written in my blog. I think that he will okay. crack right. the 100-yard barrier and, and continue to be a, a touchdown machine, as I predicted. I mean, yeah, it was ugly, but he got, he got a touchdown. <laughs> I picked him up, too. Yeah, no, trust you know, me. <laughs> At the end of the first quarter, I literally was going to reach out to you, Twitter, go, what in the world are these people doing? I am not happy with this. And, and then when he scored a touchdown, I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a little better. And then he scored the second touchdown, I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right, wait, I'll give you some love. You know, when you hit me up to come on tonight, I'm like, all right, I'll let you come on because I got to thank you for, for DeMarco getting my first victory uh, in the Fancy League of Experts. Not that my other rest of my team didn't do really well. I also had Jason Witt, and I also had, believe it or not, I also have Darren Sproles in that league. Um, and so he was my flex player. So that actually helped quite a bit as well. I was kind of worried oh, at yeah. first, but they both came through for me. Um, 
Jordan Matthews looked good um, once he got rolling. Um, you know, he ends up running a quality game this week. I think he was uh, ranked uh, – he was ranked uh, – I lost him. I know he was up there. He was ranked eighth in total points this past week. So, a good week, um, you know, even for a guy that didn't score a touchdown. Um, so, I assume we expect that to continue – but I know there's a lot of Nelson Aguilar uh, owners out there that uh, are cursing his name. Um, do we expect Aguilar to get back because of the weaker Cowboys defense? Um, do you expect them to uh, try to go to Aguilar a little bit more this week? I would think so, only because, again, um, the Atlanta, Atlanta's defense is, is mimics the, um, the Seattle defense, which is the right. – you know, which is designed not to be beat by the deep ball. So they have to do a right. lot of the underneath routes, shallow crosses, et cetera. So this time around, I don't think that the, um, uh, the Cowboys defense is going to do that. You know, are they going to try to bring the heat? Of course. But the thing about this, though, is that being that their best cornerback in Scandrick is out, um, and all they have is the Morris Claiborne and Chris Carr. I mean, those guys don't don't scare me at all. And Jordan Matthews is going to have a field day with these guys. Along with, I think Aguilar is going to, going to have a good game. Heck, I might, you might even see a Riley Cooper uh, touchdown out, out, out of the deal. <laughs> wow! Just, just because these cornerbacks are uh, below average at best, and and um, I mean they're they're nothing really really to be scared of, um, and that and that the Cowboys really rely on their offense to uh, to um, bail them out. I mean, I, quite frankly, I was surprised that that the, the Giants did not score more than they should. So they really should have. They, they I think they were kind of like played played a little flat in their own right, you know. And you know, Eli Manning doing doing his patented, you know, Woody from Toy Story look on his face every time something doesn't go, <laughs> go right. So, so um, but but I I think that Nelson Aguilar is, is going to um, really um, he's he, he's going to get a touch. I mean, Jim Kelly he. Right. You know how he is. You know he, he's like. I mean, he's really turning into Belichick like. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for him to start wearing the hood, the hood, and everything. There you go. There you um, go. Chipping the hoodie. But, but, but uh, he, he, he. It's like he wants uh, Sam Bradford. It's like playing basketball. He wants to be that point guard, right. and he'll he'll pass it to anybody that gets open. And right, kids, right, right. I mean, I've seen him in college. I mean, I mean he's. He 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 has the the route running ability of a Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and just enough foot speed to stretch it out there. Not like the Sean Jackson type speed, right, right. but good right. enough to, to at least at least uh, get get a good gain out the deal. And I, I think that he'll 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 get a touchdown this week. I, I see it happen because those those cornerbacks and safeties. I mean, no, nah. uh, I don't really I don't really say. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna be a blowout. But right. the Eagles can run their offense like it did when they, when the third quarter when they when they were had the Falcons on the ropes and you saw how the right. Falcons were they had their hands oh, yeah. on the hips they looked like they looked like they were doing a uh, doing a session of cross oh yeah no no they were just gassed they were just gassed no no Gruden put it up that they were standing around with the was, like that so no I see it I saw it I was like going one quick hitter inside zone read. And that will really put the foot to their throat. And and I don't know why they didn't do it, but you know what? You live and you learn. But um, <laughs> I really I think that Aguilar is gonna it's gonna get he's, he's gonna get one this week. It may not be a long bomb eighty yard touchdown type type deal, but I think he'll get right. one at least a 35, 40, 40 yard just this year back that 
this kid's too good to be getting goose eggs. Right. That's my personal um, Eagles defense looked good at times, didn't at times. Um, had some nice interceptions. Um, I I don't know about you. Did you see the, the interception that, um, and I can't think of his name, the one-handed grab in the end zone Kiko in front Alonso. of Roddy White? Uh, Kiko? Yeah, Kiko Alonso. That was one of the – that was Odell Beckham-like. When he did, when he did now, let me ask you this question. One, one hand. I have to ask you this question because here was my thought. My thought was Matt Ryan grossly underthrew that ball. Not saying Akiko didn't make a great catch, but if he throws that a foot higher, Kiko can't reach it because Kiko is falling backwards. And then that ball just kind of cut it and fell down. My thought was if Matt Ryan threw that ball a foot higher to a taller Roddy White, we wouldn't be talking about Kiko's interception. Did you see that, or was that just me? Um, well, I think... It seemed like he underthrew it. Like, he just thought he could I get think, it yeah, over I Kiko's head. he might have. I mean, he did, he did have Barwin and Fletcher Cox breathing down his throat in that one play. Right. No, no question. And, right. Yeah. And um, and Alonzo is 6'5", with, with a long wing. Oh, okay. So All right. Well, maybe he's taller than I gave him credit that, for. That, <laughs> that, that helps, too. I mean, he, yeah. he's not like Michael Kendricks. Kendricks is barely he, – he's 5'11". I don't care what anybody okay. says. He's, right. a five, he's, right. he's a short guy, but he's, he's quick. But Alonzo's right. long, lanky, and um, great all-around athlete, man. I mean, when I yeah, saw Yeah, no, that, that was, was an like, incredible catch. No question about it. Yes, it but, was. Uh, yes, it was. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the Eagles matchup this week. So, like you said, they're going to Dallas. Um, <clears throat> you know – Anybody else? Uh, actually, I think I, I kind of surprised, and this was talked about in some of the things that I've read and some of the stuff that I heard. Um, a lot of people were surprised by how much uh, Chip Kelly left Zach Ertz out on the field um, in number of plays that he got. Um, did you think that was part of the problem with the, the blocking on the offensive line? Getting a lot of buzzing, I think, out of your, uh, out of your phone there, Wayne. Huh? Oh. I said I'm getting a lot of buzzing out of your phone. <laughs> no, sorry about that. I, I did, nobody, there's nobody. Uh, there's nobody. There's nobody texting me. I apologize. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. It, you were you. It was a little bit when you started, but then you were real clear for a while. Then all of a sudden, you just started buzzing really bad. Um. Anyway, um. Uh, Zach Ertz. So, um. He seemed to see, see a lot more plays than a lot of people thought would happen. Um. You know, you talked a little bit about him not being the better blocker that Selleck is, but um, was it more because they were playing from behind, so they they were using him more in the offense? Um, if if they if the run game is working this week, will he see less plays, or what was your thoughts of Zach Ertz and the number of plays he got to see this week? Well, Chip Chip doesn't like doing the two tight end sets. He always like running the three wide receiver sets. That's why you see Riley Cooper out there because he can block. Um, and a lot of times, if they go a four wide receiver set, possibly even five, that's when you'll see Zach Ertz and possibly a Darren Sproles coming out of the backfield. Now, clearly, um, Zach Ertz is the better pass-catching tight end between him and right. Selleck. Um, but I, but he still can't block with the lick. I mean, I, as, <laughs> as much as, of, of a gifted athlete that he is, and he right. went, you know, Went through the whole tutelage with Tony Gonzalez during the off season, 
And I just think that a part of it is is because uh, it could be could be because of him still recovering from the abdominal injury, and he can't really go full speed as far as blocking, or mm-hmm. it's just he he never really was asked to block when he played for Stanford. Because if you look at um, his fellow teammate, uh, former team, college teammate Col- uh, Cody Fleener from the Colts, he can't block either. Great great right. athlete can catch, but he can't right. block with the lick. So, right. so that 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 that's going to drive uh, Chip crazy, and and don't be surprised if if that keeps up. If that keeps up, don't be surprised. You might see Trey Burton sneak in for for a few few uh, snaps, just to kind of like let Ertz know that hey, you know, you know, just like you know when he got rid of Lashawn McCoy and and Trent Cole and and, and uh, Evan Mathis, no one's safe on that roster. If you don't play to your potential, you're gone. Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit about Ryan Matthews. Um, had a had a nice week. Um, scored a touchdown. Um, you know, overall, uh, Ryan was uh, 27th in total fantasy points in a PPR format. Earned a quality game. Had 11.8. Most of that came from the six points from the touchdown. Um, do you, do you think that what we saw at Ryan Matthews is our a typical week? Um, or are we going to see more of Ryan Matthews or less of Ryan Matthews this coming nah, week against see, Dallas? I would think you might see a little bit right around that 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 much uh, okay. because there was one pass that was thrown to him. It was right to him, and it went right through the hands. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, that was yeah. not like that Bradford, you know, threw it down his throat or anything. Or, right, right, right. I mean, it, was a nice, it, was, it was a nice touch pass, and it was like right through the wickets. Hmm. Um, both him – and Sproles are kind of going to be neck and neck as far as for flex flex play. So if people um, have, have a choice between either taking him or Sproles, I would still go with Sproles just because right. he can return kicks compared to right. Matthews. Right, well, yeah, and in a PPR, um, he's going to get a lot of points. So, um, But but with Matthews, I think that he, if, you know, it, it really right now the Eagles just have to really learn – to gel together, and 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 I right. know that that's what the whole purpose of the, of the preseason. But you know, preseason don't really count. I mean, and, right? And, I mean, they don't get enough know. reps. There's no question. Yeah. So, so I think this week you're really going to see the 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 genius behind what Chip Kelly is trying to put together. I know a lot of NFL analysts are kind of throwing this, this name under the bus, like um, Keith Evans and Mark Sherriff and all these other guys. But the thing about <laughs> it is, though, is that you know this. Neo ancient, you know, 1950 new rock me having type of football right. is not going to work all the time, you know. Right. And just like when everybody's going nuts, and I don't mean to go off subject here, Bob, but I got I got to put this out there. All you Buffalo Bills fans, don't believe the hype about Rex Ryan. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> you guys are just you're drinking the Kool Aid. I'm telling you, by the time that seventh game rolls around, you're going to realize that Rex Ryan is limited. That offense is limited. They can put eight men to a box, and they're going to dare Tyrod Taylor to throw it. And right. besides Sammy Watkins, who does he have? Robert Woods? Well, Sammy Watkins didn't even have a catch this past week. Percy Harvin was exactly. the big guy, which was really a surprise. Yeah, he'll get hurt. Uh, I, I, I mean, well, yeah, that's great. In fact, uh, <laughs> Ryan Fowler was on just a little bit earlier with me from Fox Sports. We were talking about Percy Harvin, and I said, Percy Harvin's the kind of guy that will have – you know, maybe two more weeks of really big games. Everybody will be jacked up about him. I said, and I and I said, and if you have him or you picked him up on the waiver wire, trade him for somebody else before he gets hurt, 
gives up or whatever, all the above in between, uh, because he won't make it past about week six, um, hasn't for the last two or three years, and I don't think it's going to continue uh, the rest of the season because that's just the way part, Percy Harvin rolls. But um, do you agree? No, oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's always had the, the potential to be great. I mean, you know, world-class speed, but but uh, he has a bad attitude. And, right. You know, a million-dollar body, 10-cent head. I mean, it's just typical. That's that's Percy Harvin in a nutshell. I would have said food stamp brain, but you know that's okay. Well, okay, well, yeah, food stamp ten cents, low value. We'll just go with that. Um, It's about twenty after. Um, Wayne, anything else we need to know? Uh, I want to kind of get people out of here so they can, you know, uh, take a bathroom break, get ready for the eight thirty game about to start. Um, anything else uh, from Philadelphia regarding the Eagles Cowboys matchup? I'm assuming this is going to be a very high scoring affair. Uh, any thoughts out there? Any last minute thoughts for fantasy uh, players out there to, uh, you know, think about uh, anybody not, you wouldn't want to start uh, for the Eagles with the Eagles this week. Um, the only, only person I probably wouldn't start would be Zach Ertz, just for the sheer fact okay. that I think that, Kelly's going to bench him. I think he's going to bench him because he's going to get tired of of him of his blown uh, running assignments. Because right. um, Demarco Murray and Ryan Matthews, they're not sweep runners. Okay, they they can't right. run to the edge that good. Sproles can, but not right. them. They like right. running right. up the gut. Um, right. As far as starting, I would start the Eagles defense just for two reasons. One, as you saw, they could have, they could have had a lot more interceptions if Malcolm Jenkins didn't drop those two. Don't be surprised if they take one to the house this Sunday. And it's going and the guy's gonna do it, it's not Jenkins, it's gonna be Walter Thurman Walter Thurman. He's gonna take one to the house because nice. he he is really embracing that role. I mean, he's not gonna blow nobody up like Brian Dawkins from back in the day, but he's right, that right. ball hawking Earl Thomas type of, of a safety that can really make a big play. And right. um and and um I think and to be honest, I think Sproles is going to take one back. It'd be nice. I have the Eagles defense in a lot of leagues as well, so I'd be happy to see that happen. So, Wayne, tell everybody where they can find you, uh, Twitter-wise, article-wise. We know Fantasy Sports Warehouse, but tell everybody where they can find you. And uh, thank you, Wayne, for coming on, talking Eagles. Um, You know, so far so good with DeMarco. And uh, um, I promise when I I win the trophy, I'll I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you. And when I get my fantasy belt... (laughs) For winning the fantasy league of experts, and I'll I'll make sure you get full credit for Demarco Murray. So tell everybody where they can find you, buddy. Okay, they can find me on Twitter. My handle is uh, the Panoy Boy D A P I N O Y B O Y on Twitter. That's also the same name as on Facebook. And of course, I am on Fantasy Sports Warehouse. Um, I talk football, baseball, MMA. I throw even some WWE in there just for grins and giggles. But, uh, nice. That's where you can find All right, Wayne. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking Eagles with me. And uh, good luck this week in your leagues. And uh, we'll hopefully uh, have you back on uh, sometime soon here in the near future. So, Wayne, thanks again. Sure thing, Bob. Take care and go Eagles. Yeah, exactly. All right. Wayne Creer there from Fantasy Sports Warehouse talking Philadelphia Eagles. Um, decent week last week from them. Um, some guys, Agler, uh, Ertz didn't do as well, but. Uh, Murray, Matthews, Sproles, uh, all three of them are in quality games for the Eagles. Um, had to come from behind, 
made it a heck of a game with the Falcons, but uh, you know, this week they're playing the Cowboys and, and I have to agree uh, with Wayne. I think this is going to be a big week, uh, a lot of scoring out of both teams um, uh, barring, you know, any bad weather, which I don't think that we're going to be planning on in Dallas and uh, it is in Philly, but I don't think there's any bad weather coming this weekend. So anyway, Thank you to uh, Wayne for being here. Thank you to Ryan Fowler for joining us. Uh, for those of you, um, again, listening to the Fantasy Football Consistency Show, thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at Bob underscore Lung. That's L-U-N-G. Uh, of course, I'm on Fantasy Sports Warehouse as well. And uh, so thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you again here next Thursday at 7 o'clock. So, everybody, good luck. And uh, let's go watch the Broncos and the Chiefs. Good night, everyone.